we know that the money in particular is looking pretty grim out there in provider land. We're expecting figures on provider performance and financial terms from Monitor and the TDA imminently, I think perhaps tomorrow or early next week. So we're expecting something in the region of last year's performance to be something like an £800 million deficit. That's what we predicted and we think that our predictions are right. And I'm looking at a colleague who did the analysis for us over there, but we think that this is pretty accurate. And I think the most important thing there is that that puts us in quite a challenging position coming into this year where we think it's very likely that um, provider deficits could reach um, somewhere in the region of 1.5 to 2 billion pounds and some work that we did for our members was leaked during the election campaign, not by us obviously, and it did indicate that the analysis shows that that deficit is likely to reach that level, which puts the provider sector in a very challenging situation. And if you think that the provider sector, which is not just acute hospitals, which is what everyone thinks of, but also ambulance trusts, mental health trusts, community services organisations, provide treatment and care to a million people every 36 hours. They employ 80% of the NHS <coughs> workforce and spend around 78% of the NHS budget. We realise that that is encompassing quite a challenging situation. In terms of what NHS providers need to see over the first 100 days of a parliament, I think that um, I've got three key points, and I kick off with that mantra, which is do no harm in the first 100 days. So we really need to capitalise on the continuity that has been provided by having Jeremy Hunt in post again as Secretary of State. I, that's not a political comment from me, that is the fact that the Secretary of State hasn't changed, therefore we need to capitalise on that continuity and hope that on May the 27th when there's a Queen's speech we don't see any major health legislation coming out. We don't need to see that kind of change. I don't think we are going to see it, but if we did I think that that would be really, really challenging. I think that we need to see in the first 100 days real signals that the Secretary of State and his other ministers and the government in general are going to listen and understand the NHS front line, those who are providing the care, those who are managing those providing the care and leading them. We understand that Hump was really struck by the pressures facing those on health and social care when he was out and about on his election campaign. Hopefully he can turn that understanding into something when he thinks about what he's going to do over the next five years. And then, and this may sound contradictory, but I hope that in over the next 100 days that he's going to signal that he will use the next two years to be bold. And that doesn't mean to change things, but it means actually stepping up to the plate in terms of political courage and providing the political cover that localities need in order to make the changes that they need to see, whether that's in workforce, whether that's in service reconfiguration, whether that's in closure of particular sites or real changes to the nature of the services delivered because that's <coughs> what people need. If you talk to anybody, it's about not having those huge po political fights as well as all the other issues that they're grappling with. So what we really don't want to see is politicians standing back. We want them to step forward and take some of that flack. Our mantra has been that it's now time to stabilise the NHS 
in order to transform. So that means calming down the currently febrile financial situation, and I talked about those monitor TDA figures. It means setting a future funding levels via the spending review in, in a realistic way, building that, building that picture from the bottom up and depoliticizing that process. It means setting out a realistic direction for workforce. In particular, I would focus on two things. One, realising that staffing ratios don't necessarily <laughs> always work and that they have walloped a whole load of expenditure onto providers in a way that's very challenging for them. And I was pleased to hear Simon Stevens recognise that yesterday. Also, that we really need to take a big, long look at reforming pay terms and conditions. This is a, a controversial issue, and that's why we need the political cover that I was talking about earlier. There's a point for me around accountability and autonomy, which is balanced by proportionate regulation. I'm a bit of a nerd come geek on these issues, but we really need to look at the nature of organisations, local institutions, and realise that because an institution <coughs> has autonomy doesn't necessarily mean that it can't actually work with other organisations. And remember that the Foundation Trust model is, in its simplest, simply a legal form which sets it up to do whatever it wants to do at work in partnership. That's going to be my only defence of the FT model in this discussion, but I think it's an important point to bet out there. And then finally, if we've stabilised the NHS in parallel, we need to transform the NHS and that needs proper investment. At NHS providers, we've been talking a lot about right to left and left to right thinking. I think there's a sense that the five year forward view is a bit of left to right <coughs> thinking, i.e. it's the solution, therefore you work back from there and work out what you need. Representing our members, we would say we need a bit of right to left thinking, which is basically saying this is the situation, this is what we need in order to get to the desired outcome and that needs investment also. And I was really struck by Victor Adebowale's words yesterday when he talked about the investment we need in system leaders and he said that in the NHS we tend to invest in NHS experts, what we actually need to do is invest in leadership experts. And before I finish, a couple of final points. I think it's really, really important that we press the reset button on the relationship between central government and local organisations and work out how we really reset that balance. And then my final point is around prevention. And I don't mean just the long-term prevention agenda, which Sarah and I were discussing briefly before we came in here. I also mean about investing in things which we know are preventions of the burden on the NHS. So effective investment in mental health, in community services, in ambulance services, recognising the contribution they make in terms of relieving the burden on the whole of the NHS.